Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Steve Knox, and I serve as one of the elders here. I just want to welcome everybody and uh, hope you're, you enjoy our time this morning. Um, <clears throat> if I could just take a minute to pray, I'd appreciate that before we get going. Dear Lord God, I just pray for this time this morning, Father, that you would um, put your words in my mouth, Father, that I would be able to share the things that you put on my heart in an effective way. Father, I pray for the hearts of everybody here, that their hearts would be open, Father, that this morning wouldn't just be an exercise, but Father, we would do some real business here this morning. I just pray for your spirit to come down and to spend and, and to join us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you haven't been around, thank you. I don't do this often, so I'm, I'm lost in how to get all this right. hello is that working okay um where was i (laughs) yeah so what we've been doing is we've been going through a series called what would jesus undo and it's looking at from very different, all sorts of different aspects of our lives. What are the things that Jesus, when he looks at our life, would like to undo? So this morning we've come to a topic which we're going to talk about, which is fear. And we're going to talk about God undoing fear in our life. So when, we, when I was given this topic, the first thought that came into my mind, the first thing that popped in there was, what have we got to be afraid of? You know, we live in Canada, which is probably arguably the most safest country in the world. If not the safest, definitely one of the safest. So when I walk out of my door in the morning, generally I don't have that much to be afraid of. Especially when we're talking about my physical safety. There's just not that much to be afraid of. So the question that just popped in my head is, what have we got to be afraid of? But you know, when you take that a little bit deeper and you start scratching below the surface... And I challenge you to take that time and look in your life and just scratch below the surface a little bit and start asking yourself, what are you afraid of? What are the things, what are the fears in your life that control you? What are the fears that hinder you, that hold you back? And I started doing that and I started to realize that really there's a lot of fears in my life. Sometimes they're they're minor and seem like almost insignificant. Some of them are actually bigger and, and control my life to a greater extent. Some of the fears that, that you know, I think many people start, struggle with is, is fear of the future, fear of failure, fear of intimacy, fear of not having enough. And I came to understand that if those things are controlling our life, most definitely God wants to undo that. You know, God's provides for us the Holy Spirit. And one of the, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to guide our life, is to give us direction. In a sense, he wants, to, he wants to be the one that's setting the direction for our life. When fear takes on that role, that is most definitely something God wants to undo. God wants to undo the fears in our life that control us. I'm going to start by reading our, our key passage this morning which is John 14, 25 to 27. All this I have spoken while still with you, 
But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So we've talked about fear and we said when it controls you, it's a wrong thing. But I don't want to give the impression that fear is always a bad thing because fear very much can be a good thing. And I think fear is something that God put into our character because it has a proper purpose. You know, just to illustrate that, I want to share, you, share with you a story of my son, Nathan, when he was very young. He's going to ask for money from this because, you know, <laughs> Pastor Kevin set that precedent. But I think it's a really good story. When my son, Nathan, was, you know, pre-two years old, he was fearless, okay? And frankly, as a father, I kind of liked it. I kind of encouraged the fearlessness because I'm a little bit of a, an adventure junkie myself. And to have this little kid that just seemed to have no, no fear, I mean, he would he'd, he'd literally climb walls, you know, at, at that small, he'd be climbing up trees and hanging onto branches and stuff. And, you know, most parents would panic, but I was thinking, hey, this is pretty cool. Right? Now, my wife didn't quite share that impression, but to me, that was just pretty cool. But, you know, even for me, it got to a point where I was getting a little nervous because he just didn't seem to learn any fear. And he started to put himself in more and more dangerous situations. And I'm thinking, this is getting a little scary. But one day, we were at the local pool, an in-ground pool, and we were just enjoying swimming together, and it came time to leave. But when it was time to leave, I had to take him in to talk to the lifeguard because he had lessons coming up and I wanted to get information on lessons. So by that time, I had taken off his life vest and and he was standing beside me and I was talking to the lifeguard. Well, while I was doing that, of course, he got a little bored. So he decided, well, I'm going to go swim some more. But we were, problem is, we were near the deep end of the pool and he just jumped in. And I was still talking to the lifeguard, but I heard something behind me, and I turned around, and I looked down, and here's this kid about a foot under the water with an absolute look of sheer panic in his face because he couldn't get up. But I just silently reached down, picked him up, and put him down. And after a little bit of sputtering, he was okay. But that was the day my son learned to fear, and I'm thankful for it. From that day forward, There was a lot more caution in the things that he did. See, fear is a good thing because it teaches us to measure the risk before we jump into things. You know, and that's true both in in many ways, not only in our physical danger, avoiding physical danger, or at least measuring physical danger properly, but it also is a good thing when it comes to spiritual and emotional danger. You know, to just give you an example... When we put ourselves in situations that are very tempting to us, we should be afraid. There should be a concern there. We should measure the the danger when we put ourselves in spiritually dangerous situations. And we should have a caution. So in that situation, that type of fear can be a good thing. You know, we bought a t-shirt for my son one time, and I love what it said. It said, Confidence is that feeling you have before you fully understand the reality of the situation. 
So fear can just help us understand the reality of the situation. But that being said, what we're talking about this morning is a different kind of fear. It's when fear kind of gets out of control. When fear starts to not serve the purpose it's intended to do. When it goes too far and it starts to control our lives and keep us from doing the things that God calls us to do. When fear starts to keep us from experiencing the fullness of what God has for us or and also keeps us from doing the things we're called to do as believers, then fear has lost its purpose. Fear has gone in the wrong direction. You know, when I was, when I was my first career was as a machinist, running machine, uh, machines where we made aircraft parts and stuff like that. And one of the key things for that machine to work properly and do what it was supposed to do is it had to be calibrated. It had to be put in balance. And when it was in balance, when it was properly calibra- calibrated, it, did, it was a good thing, and it produced good results. But when it was uncalibrated, all sorts of bad things could happen. So our fear needs to be calibrated. It needs to be tuned in so that it measures risk properly and serves the proper purpose it has in our lives. When it's uncalibrated and it, and it starts to hold us back from what God calls us to do, it needs to be put back into calibration. I'm just going to share with you, I'm going to open up here a little bit this morning and share with you some of the fear, some of the examples of fears that control. Some of, some of these fears I've, I've searched inside myself, and I think this is some of the things I've seen. You know, I shared with my small group, well, just to start, you know, most people, one of the greatest fear for many people is public speaking. Standing up in front of people like this and, and speaking is, for many people, a great, huge fear. And I'm not going to say I'm totally confident. I, there's some, definitely some fear there. But to a large part, I think I've overcome a lot of that fear of standing and talking in public. But one thing that makes me very afraid when it's my turn to stand up here and, and to share with you and to preach is to preach is I have a great fear of being a hypocrite. My fear is being a hypocrite because I know I know, standing here, I'm very aware of my weaknesses, and I'm very aware of my failings. You know, there are people who can stand here and preach and teach from a place of victory. That's not me. I definitely am still in the battle. I'm still struggling. I'm still fighting against sin and against weaknesses in my life. So then the, the accusation I always hear in my head is, what right do you have to stand here and to preach? And, but this is what I've come to understand. Even though there are people who can preach from a place of victory, my place, where I stand right now, is I'm here to, 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 to standing beside you and spurring you on. You know, Hebrews 10.24 And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So all I'm doing here this morning is simply my turn to stand beside you and to spur you on. Tomorrow, maybe it'll be your turn. So I'm not standing here like a guy who's got it all together. There's a lot of fears in me. But let's spur each other on. We're called to encourage each other and to challenge each other and to spur each other on. So my challenge to you this morning, I just want to spur you on to challenge the fears in your life and to overcome them. Another fear I want to share with you, and 
a fellow elder and I were talking in the cafe last week, and we were talking about the subject about fear. And he very graciously shared with me um, a fear in his life that he feels is a problem. He has this fear of embarrassment. He will often, every situation that he sees before him, he, he measures it on how, how, what's the risk of being embarrassed in the situation. And in many cases, that can be hold him back. Um, he shared even sometimes with the challenge to be an evangelist. He's, he will hold back from it because he doesn't want to embarrass himself. There's another fear that controls us. Another fear I have, and I've shared this with other people before, is I have this fear of being judged insignificant. There's a lot of stuff, reasons why I think, going back to my childhood, I think when I was a childhood, I heard a lot of message in, messages in my life about how I was not important. And I think one of the biggest fears of my life is that somehow that evaluation of me is going to be proved right. So I'm always very afraid that I'm going to be proved insignificant. I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just pointing it out there as, as these are the things that I know in my life. These are the fears that I know have way too much control over me. So if we are honest and we have these fears, what do we do about it? So first of all, I'm going to challenge all of you. You know, during preparing this message, I sat down and I, did, and I reflected and I asked myself, what are the things I'm afraid of? So I'm going to challenge all of you to go home today and to ask yourself that question and to think about it. What are you afraid of? You know, the first step in overcoming a fear is knowing what it is. What are the fears that control you? I think it's really important you take the time to ask yourself that question and figure out what they are. What are the fears that hold you back and maybe keep you from doing the things you know God has called you to do? Is your life more directed by the Holy Spirit or your fears? Take some time to ask yourself that question and reflect on it. So once we've identified our fears, what hope do we have? How do we overcome the fears in our life that control us? I'm just going to share with you some ideas that, that you know, God gave me on, some, on what we can do to overcome some of these fears. The first one, and I think the one that speaks to me the most, is we have to understand our safety net. I can't read the passage right now. It's, it's grayed out, but, but it's well known, so you'll know what it is. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. But this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. You know, when years ago, when I was a much younger guy, <laughs> I had some friends that were really into rock climbing. And I'm always game for an adventure, so I was going to go with them. And so we, we drove out to the country, and we were going to climb the rock. And I, I was kind of cocky, frankly, even though I'd never done it before. And I was telling them, ah, you know, I'm, I, what have I got to be afraid of? I'm tied in. No fear, right? But, you know, once you got me 30 feet up in the air on the side of a cliff, and I'm holding on by my fingertips, I wanted to crawl inside the rock. Because there was a lot of fear there. 
But the truth is, I had a harness, and I was tied in. There was nothing to be afraid of, because I was secure. I had a safety net. I wasn't on my own. And I think that's what the purpose that God's love can play for us. I think that's what this verse is getting at. Perfect love drives out all fear. Because when we understand how completely and unconditionally we are loved, that should give us a strong sense of security. I've got a few questions for you. How many times can you fail before God stops loving you? I hope everybody knows that the answer to that question. It simply can't happen. You'll never be able to fail so much that God would stop loving you. We did, not, we did nothing to earn God's love. We can do nothing to lose it. We are totally, unconditionally loved. What can provide more security in life than knowing you are completely loved and accepted apart from anything you have done? There is nothing you can do to change that. What can possibly give us more security than that? So we need to understand how truly secure we are. In Christ, in in the fullness and completeness of his love, it's unconditional. We are secure. And I think that should give us a lot of confidence in dealing with our fears. One other thing I think we need to understand in overcoming fears is we need to view the, learn to view the world with spiritual eyes. Here's the story of Elijah, Elijah's servant, 2 Kings 6, 8 to 17. And it says this. Well, just to give you some background, what was going on here is it was kind of a, an amusing story. I challenge you to read it because I love it. It's a really funny story where, um, you know, the king of Syria was, was, was trying to get a hand over, over Israel. And he kept setting up traps, military traps for, for, the, for, the, for the, the armies of Israel. But every time he set a trap, Elijah the prophet would warn the king and he'd avoid it. So eventually the king of Syria was very upset and he says, look, who, who's the traitor in our midst? Who keeps telling them about our traps? And then he was told, well, there's a prophet in Israel that keeps warning the king of Israel. Therefore, the king, the king of Syria sent a, 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 a military force to go and deal with Elisha the prophet. So when the, when the servant of Elisha came out in the morning, this is, this is where this passage starts. Or he, he comes out in the morning and he sees just this massive force surrounding Elisha's home. And this is Elisha's response to his servant. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So I think we need to train ourselves to not only be in tune with reality of this physical world, but the more we are in tune with the reality of the spiritual world, we are better equipped to deal with fear. Because when we only look at the physical things around us, we're only seeing half the picture. And if we're only seeing half the picture, 
then that encourages fear. Just like Elijah, Elijah's servant saw, he came out in the morning and he saw this force arraigned him. And he feared because he didn't see the other half of the picture, which was the forces of God standing there, almighty and all-powerful. So I think that, so, so I, again, so I think having those spiritual eyes, pray to God to open our eyes and to see reality, not just through physical eyes, but through spiritual eyes. We need to be just as in tune with spiritual reality as we are with physical reality. The last one, one more thing I'm just going to throw out there that we have to manage, is we have to have courage. Here's a quote I found a few years ago, and I just, it just really spoke to me, and I loved it. It's by a lady named Meg Cabot. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something is more important than fear. The brave may not live forever, but the cautious do not live at all. So there's two things there. You know, if we, if we think about the, the soldiers who stormed the beach in Normandy, were they fearless? I don't think so. Most of them, who, who, if you ever had a chance to talk to them, they would tell you that they were full of fear. So why did they do it if they were so afraid? Because they believed that something else was more important than their fear. And that's how you deal with fear. You're never going to get away, you're never going to get rid of fear. Fear is going to be there. But courage is all about that determination that there is something else more important than my fear. I'm going to act despite my fear because there's something more important there. The other thing in this, in this quote that I think is so powerful is, you know, if we spend our lives just trying to be safe, I think that's sad. And I think that we will not do or experience the, God thing, the things God's called us to if we're just playing it safe. If your life is perfectly safe and you never take chances, then you're doing it, you're doing it wrong. To do the things God calls us to do involves taking risks. Stepping out of, comfort, of our comfort zone, and we need to have courage. So courage is something we have to have. Even if we're not called to be soldiers facing physical danger, if we are going to do the things God's called us to do as a church and as a people, we need to have courage. We are going to be put in, we're going to be put in situations where we don't always feel comfortable where we don't always feel confident. And we need to have courage to do the things we're called to do despite our fear. Because if God's calling you to do it, then I would, I would think it's more important than your fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of timidity. If no one's told you that before, the Holy Spirit is loving, kind, gentle, but not timid. The Holy Spirit moves us towards confidence, courage, and he wants that to grow in us. To just give you a few examples in a Christian life where courage is so necessary, right? 
You know, I shared with you a little, bi- a little while ago that, you know, when they, when, they, when, they, when they interview people about what are their greatest fears, often near the top is a fear of public speaking. In fact, it's, it's, it's a joke that there's many people would rather be the person in the casket than the person giving the eulogy. There's just this great fear. But I think if we, t- if we ask many Christians what their greatest fear is, I think they would say evangelism. Talking about my faith, especially with maybe a hostile opponent, is I think for many Christians is the greatest fear. But I'm asking you, what's more important in that situation? Our fear or the need that that person has to know a Savior who died for him or her? What is the greater need? What is more important? Is your fear more important? Or is the need of the person who does not know Christ, is that more important? It takes courage to reach out and to, to, to share your faith with somebody, even when you're afraid. It's, it's scary, but the need is so great. Just to encourage you a little bit, I think a lot of people... One of the reasons why they're afraid of sharing their faith is they're afraid they're going to get asked questions that they don't have an answer for. You know, I happen to be a person, I'm, I'm a super curious person, and, and I really love apologetics. Apologetics is, is offering reasonable, you know, reasonable explanations or reasonable answers about faith in defense of faith. You know, I watch a lot of Ravi Zacharias. I've read books. I've gone to conferences. You, know, you could say I'm kind of loaded for bear. I've got a lot of arguments in my head. And just to share with you, sometimes, oftentimes, when I do get that opportunity to talk to somebody about my faith, in some ways, all of those answers start to be a detriment. Because when I'm talking to this person, we start getting into all these, these philosophical questions. And we get off track, so far off track, when all I want to do is tell them that there's a Savior who loves them, who died for them. So don't be afraid if you don't have all the answers. You know, there's a story about uh, in the Decapolis when Jesus uh, drew uh, evil spirits out of this man. And when when Jesus was going out on the lake, that man said, ran to Jesus, I want to come with you. And Jesus said to this man, nope, you're not coming with me. But he said, go and tell what the Lord has done for you. And that's what evangelism is. That's what you all of us are called to do. Not to be these, this ultra power, you know, philosophical argument creator. But you're called to go out and tell what the Lord has done for you. Can you not do that? If God has made a change in your life, if he's touched your heart and you've come to understand how much you are loved by him, the call is to simply tell others about, about that, that Savior. Just tell what the Lord has done for you. Another fear I think many Christians have that I hope we can talk about this morning is a fear of leadership, a fear of being the person on the hook. The fear of being the person that's in charge, right? Who's got to have the answer. I'm going to do a little informal survey here today. I hope this works out. But if you're a person in this church or any other place in your life where you've got some form of leadership, 
You're the person that's, that's responsible for making something happen. If, if you're a leader in any way, manner, or form, has there ever, when in that role, have you ever been afraid? Have you ever been doubtful of your ability to fulfill that role? If you have, please raise your hand. I'm glad this worked out. I was afraid I was going to be all alone. Do you see? So it takes courage to take on a leadership role. It takes courage when you know you might not feel completely equal to the task. Do it anyway. You know, if we are called to lead, then fulfilling that calling is more important than our fear. You know, I'm part of a group, and they have this quick little saying, and I've started to apply it in my life. It's a scary saying. It says, say yes and worry about it later. Say yes and worry about it later. Now, I'm not advocating don't measure. As I said, there's a good fear, measuring the risk, measuring what you're able to do, measuring what you can fit into your life. But at the same time, if you're being called to something, don't let fear make you say no. Don't let fear make you say no. Say yes and worry about the details later. I've started to apply that in my life. It's a scary scenario, but I think I've grown because I've put myself in situations where I don't feel confident, and it's stretched me, and I've grown. So say yes and worry about it later. I think another story I really appreciate about courage and the kind of courage we need to have as Christians Again, I can't, it's Joshua 3, 16, 16, I think. And this is the story. So in the, in the kingdom of Israel, when the, when the, when the Israelites were, were entering the promised land, the, there was, the priests would carry the ark ahead of the people. And they came, to, they came to the river Jordan. And this is where the story picks up. Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water, the flowing water stood still. There was danger here. They're carrying a heavy ark and the waters are in flood, which means this fast moving water. Now, I ask you, if they had stood on the bank holding the ark, just waiting for the water to stop. Is that what happened? What happened? They had to put their foot in the water. And then the water stopped. And I think in so much ways in the Christian life, that's the way it works. We tend to want to stand back and we say, God, as soon as you make the situation safe, I'm in there. And he says, nope, trust me. Have courage. Step out. Right? I find so much in my life, that's the way it works. It's when I'm ready to commit and take the step, even when I don't see the way through, that's when God gets engaged and starts doing things in my life and starts doing things in that situation. When we stand back and just wait for it all to get safe, we simply never move. So here's my challenge to you. If God's calling you to something in, the, in your life, if God's calling you to something in his church, put your foot in the water. Step in. And then you'll see what God's going to do. You cannot stand back and wait until God removes all the barriers. He removes them when you have the courage to step into the situation. Overall, I just want to point this out. Overcoming fear is God's job. 
we can apply all of our best abilities to, to start applying good thinking into how we deal with fear. But at the end of the day, overcoming fear in our lives is God's job. Is there, there's a picture. It's going to come up in a second, I hope, but we can move forward to that picture. This is a poster that's on my wall, and it's been on my wall forever. My wife doesn't understand why I like it so much, but I just love it. And it's a verse from, from Psalm 27:14, and it says this, Be of good courage, and ye shall strengthen thine heart. Be of good courage, and ye shall strengthen thine heart. And I think this kind of illustrates what I was talking about. It's my job to have courage and to step in. But it's God's job to provide the strength that's necessary. It's when I make the decision to have courage, he gives me the strength to have courage. We make the decision, and God's there. I just want to close by pointing us back to, to the, the verse that we talked about at the beginning. John 14, 25 to 27, but especially at the end of the passage, there was this one section which I really appreciate. Do not give, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. That's God's message to all of us this morning. Do not be afraid. Think about who that message is coming from. The almighty, all-powerful God. And he looks at you and he says, do not be afraid. I think we should listen to him. I'm just going to close in prayer. Dear Lord God, I pray for all of us here this morning. If we come here this morning with some fear that's that's holding us back, that's, that keeps us from doing what's, what you're calling us to do, then, Father, I pray for the ministry of your Holy Spirit in our lives to, to remove those fears and to allow us to move forward in, in the fullness that you have for us. I pray this in Jesus' name.